Hello, and welcome to the Anniversary Brothers podcast, where we talk about the anniversaries of your favorite TV shows and movies. I am your host, Aaron Sarnecki, and joining me, as pretty much always, is my brother, Josh Sarnecki. Hello, Wisconsin. Hey, Josh. So Josh is referencing to the fact that we are talking about that 70s show for its 25th anniversary. It uh, debuted in, uh, I think it's actually, is it August or was it September of 1998? August 23rd. August 23rd, which is unusual that a a series would actually debut in August because usually September is usually when the tv season begins but i don't know they, they must have really been wanting to get this one out it might have been because actually i was looking and the first season of uh that 70 show was actually fairly long it was like 25 26 episodes which is a little longer than what we're used to now usually we get like about like 22 mm-hmm. yeah it looks like it was 25 episodes yeah so i they maybe just they needed to fit in all those episodes yeah yeah that and i mean at this point, I mean, Fox was still fairly new, right? It'd been around for maybe, I want to say, a little over 10 years as a station. Um, certainly by, by now, it had dominated with shows like uh, The Simpsons and The X-Files and Cops. So mm-hmm. it was definitely, and I think by this point, they were already doing uh, nfl coverage so it was a very much an established you know uh channel okay okay then yeah weird weird that they go for august but i mean it worked i mean they got to eight seasons so yeah and i was actually really surprised i didn't realize that this show was on for that long i was like oh it was maybe on for like six seasons i was like no this, this was on for eight seasons and 200 episodes so this show really did make its mark so um yeah, yeah. before we long we... enough that cast members left <laughs> yeah i mean as often happens in a show this long if you know you look at other shows like cheers where that had cast members that left and they had to kind of retool the show um so uh, i'm curious josh uh before i guess we before we get into what are we remember about the show could you just give like a brief rundown of what the show is about uh sure so basically um this show is set in the uh mid-1970s in a small town in wisconsin uh where we meet eric foreman um who is a a 17 year old um and basically it's just about his misadventures with his friends um and just them kind of navigating uh the 70s and and high school and their relationships with one another Mm -hmm. um and we also have um some insight into the uh adults life his parents uh and the other adults in the town so Mm -hmm. uh, that's essentially what it is so really the core cast is is eric uh donna uh, hyde kelso and and jackie as well as fez Mm -hmm. um Right. And then there there are some guest appearances and sort of, I guess, guest stars. There's um, Eric's sister, who is kind of she kind of, I guess, became less um, uh, frequent on the show um, after a while because of, I guess, some of the personal issues with the, the actress. 
Um, yeah, like she uh, she was on there, and then uh, Tommy Chong of Cheech and Chong played Leo was on <laughs> yes. there. Um, good to represent, you know, real seventies culture. Yes. Um, and then yeah, for other adults, we had Eric's parents, Red Foreman, um, played by um the always uh intimidating Kurtwood Smith right. um and his wife Kitty played by uh the wonderful Deborah Joe Rupp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so what was your recollection when you try to think about first watching the show? Because for me, I'm I can't really pinpoint it. I mean, we certainly did not watch the show when it first aired. I, no, uh, it's possible there are parents might have, but you know, we're still relatively young. That our parents were mostly probably just watching kids stuff with us. So, yeah. I think we were. By the time we were in high school, and this show actually might have been off, mm. and catching this show on reruns. Yes, is when I remember watching it, and I'm not sure. It might have been on like FX or TBS or another cable network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't think we saw any of it till reruns. My recollection was that maybe one of the first times we saw it was we were on um, like a family vacation and oh, okay. um, just had the TV on and, and our dad just turned it on and I remember him laughing hysterically. Oh, okay. Um, which <laughs> is, you know, not always the case for for him in, in sitcoms. I feel like he's uh at least at that point, I don't remember him being much into sitcoms. Um after that, like he would get into like Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Um and enjoy that a lot. But I don't remember sitcoms really being a huge part of uh our childhood or like right yeah we were definitely not yeah um most of our childhood i would say we were not a sitcom family i would say now that i've spent more time with our parents now that i'm adult we are more of uh you know i I would say a little more of a sitcom family and especially the time when i you know moved back in uh for a few years Mm -hmm. uh but yeah but not but, but not back in the day so yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I I much more remember uh, our dad watching Star Trek Enterprise. Uh, oh yeah, we that, yeah, that's true. Um, but I do remember, yeah, I think I guess when we were adolescents, um him really thinking the show was really funny and then starting to watching it more as we were in high school and um watching alongside him and that I also thought it was, you know, really funny, you know, uh-huh. I I thought um some of the uh, 70s references were were fun especially things like star wars yeah i, I love that they were in wisconsin as a packers fan so right. that kind of was a, a big win for me <laughs> yeah but though when you look at it this was actually not a particularly notable period in the packers history because this is post vince lombardi leaving this you know they would not win like a super bowl for another like 19 years so i don't know what there really is to say about packers in the 70s well i i think it's the uh kind of that wishful like we can be good again like let's let's remember yeah. what this how great the 60s were um aspect of it that shows up 
um, and like the frustration of like, why are we so terrible all of a sudden? Right. I feel like that's a good team to pick. It, it, it lends, I don't know how much it really was in the show, but I think giving somebody a character, a team to be frustrated with is more interesting than giving them a great team. I know that oh, yeah. in Home Improvement, I believe that uh, Tim Allen's character is a Detroit fan. Okay. So yeah. he was watching a Lions game. That checks out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It it is much funnier if you have uh, a character who's a fan of a losing team. Yeah. If you have someone like a fan of, you know. The Patriots. Uh, the Patriots, yeah. Early 2000s. Uh, then that's not fun. That's just that's not, obnoxious. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe Ben Affleck and Matt Damon would uh, disagree. But right. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's that's a pretty good recollection of this show. And yeah, I do remember enjoying this show a lot when I was watching it. And uh, when I was in Spanish class for some reason, and we were doing a, I guess a an icebreaker. I believe this was sophomore year, and my teacher asked us what our favorite TV show was, and I said that '70s show. And um, I remember he said that he also liked the show. Okay. Yeah. I did not know that. That's that's a weird factoid. Uh, But before we get into how we feel about it now, uh, why don't you take a listen uh, about some of the sister podcast on the pop break feed. Hey, it's Bill Bodkin, editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com. Join myself, Amanda Rivas, Al Manorino, and a cavalcade of awesome guests on the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com. And it's Amanda Rivas. If you're a pop culture-obsessed nerd like we are, then you need to make Socially Distanced an integral part of your life. We talk all the things, Marvel, Star Wars, you know, everything on Disney Plus, pretty much, as well as the hottest trending shows and news in the world of pop culture. This is definitely Al Manorino and not Bill Bodkin. So listen to the Socially Distanced podcast every Friday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so we can eventually get Disney Plus to give us advertising money. Please, we could use the money. I I have children. Hi, this is Allison Lips from Poprite Goes to Washington. You may know me as the digital trends editor at Poprite and as a frequent guest on the Anniversary Brothers podcast. Every third Thursday of the month, join me and a guest as we break down various political movies from a pop culture perspective. You can find Poprite Goes to Washington on the Poprite Today feed wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. So, Josh, I'm curious how you feel about the show now, um, because we watched the first episode, the pilot, and I was. It's not that I don't think that the pilot is a poor representation of the show, but I don't think that it got like their best foot forward with it. It's, I, in my opinion, a weaker episode. Yeah, it. I think it gets the job done of showing you the characters, getting you up to speed with their dynamics. Um, but it's not necessarily the funniest that that mm-hmm. is true, but it does, 
it does introduce some important like ongoing features um such as like the on again off again relationship between kelso and jackie mm-hmm. um the uh the marijuana circle that's right. frequently depicted in, in different episodes uh-huh, um, right and I, th- th- that's a funny thing that watching that when it first when we first watched it i didn't really i didn't understand it. i was like what what is i don't get the joke <laughs> why are they acting so weird why is it all smoky around them yeah yeah i just i didn't notice any of that stuff so um i thought it was just like guys goofing off and, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like I, I might as well just rip the band-aid off i mean people listening to this probably know about the stuff that's happened after that semi show with danny masterson yes is a terrible human being and like that's not allegedly that's like he's been convicted of yeah horrible things so just want to acknowledge that that is for a lot of people is probably gonna make it hard to come back to the show yeah there's a reason that he was not invited back for the spinoff that 90s show yeah um yeah terrible person um there and he's not the only one with controversies but uh he's the one with the most uh confirmed uh, yeah, legally okay. binding consequences yeah so uh but besides all that so um it, it's funny uh when i watch this um this pilot and i just look at all these actors and for most of them I can't really see like I know they've been in other things, but it's hard to imagine them playing anybody else, especially like for Ashton Kutcher. It's just like him playing Kelso is how I imagine he is like in real life, like between that and him being in like punks. It's just like he's just a complete like kind of airhead goofball. Like that's how I imagine him. And so when they tried to pass him off as Steve Jobs in that one biopic and just like no that's kelso you can't you can't take him seriously you know apparently there's more to him as a person though like he is a very into like investing like he's made some like really like oh yeah good investments over the years uh made a lot of money uh okay so (laughs) he's also he's from cedar rapids iowa which is like so he's he's kind of a popular face okay uh, popular name i did not Iowa, know all that where i previously lived um yeah but no i i agree it's it's hard to, for me to take him seriously in other roles whereas you know i think someone like um mila kunis has done probably yeah. a better job distinguishing herself oh yeah totally i i mean um i can definitely see her as because she has done other things you know you know more serious roles like black swan um also, because she was also doing for most of this run was the voice of Meg on Family Guy. So yeah. she was very busy at Fox at this period. Yeah. And, and is still the voice of Right. She still is the voice. Yeah. yeah. So it's a long running gig for her. Um again, like Topher Grace seeing him in Spider-Man is like, I can't not see him as Eric Foreman. <laughs> He's not a menacing villain. There are many reasons to make fun of Spider-Man 3, but that might be one of the most quintessential ones. Like, seeing him, like, 
have like the the venom symbiote like yeah. crawl back and reveal his face yeah i just <laughs> i like i can't i can't take this seriously right, but this, i think that uh, part of it is because he does sort of the i know he has sort of like i guess this every every boy quality but he's also just sort of kind of i don't know he has a sort of all shucks to him ness to mm-hmm. him that he he's sort of like a weenie and that's what makes him funny and i think that's very apparent in this first episode yeah yeah and that's i think the endearing part of having him be kind of our main character mm-hmm. um because he is really like there's a there's a I, I, I don't want to say earnestness necessarily but like there's a like a, a simpleness to him where like okay he's just like um kind of nerdy kind yeah. of uh you know not athletic not, yeah. not very uh smart he's 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 kind of like you know just a kind of every man right well yeah well that's i think why it kind of makes it fun and you see a little bit of it in i think in their interactions in the pilot but what is fun with his interaction or his uh his relationship with donna is she has a little more of an edge to her she's not sort of the she is technically like the girl next door but like her attitude is a, a little more standoffish towards people hmm. right she's she she is the girl next door but she definitely has a more i don't know sarcastic streak to her yeah yeah and i mean maybe this also does like there there are like some i don't know like qualities where like it's like oh like look she's she's tough it's like yeah. okay like i some of it's like okay we're subverting expectations but at this point i feel like that's been done so many times that it's not yeah. really a subversion anymore right i mean and this is like this is already post buffy so if you're looking for something uh in that route you probably would go more towards that than watching a sitcom yeah yeah but i did really like um like of the the different aspects of this pilot that may or may not have worked i thought the you know the beginning relationship between eric and donna was was good like i think it it did a good job of establishing that there's like this underlying mutual attraction between them that they have this long history and that they're very close but that they're still trying to understand you know what their Mm -hmm. relationship is going to be and i think there's a reason why that has been, or that ended up being one of the most like overarching relationships mm-hmm. of the the show. Although the, the, the show's relationships were kind of all over the place. Right. I mean, I, I don't know if we mentioned this on our lost finale podcast, but one of the actors, I might've been like Elizabeth Mitchell. Uh, she kind of referred to that show as like wife swap because they were constantly switching who was in relationships with who and that definitely um definitely is the case with this show um you don't get too much for a feel for Hyde in this episode he definitely is more of like the rebel of the group yeah i don't know if he's the one who was the one who suggested that they should go out of town i think i was actually kelso in this episode but yeah but but I would think typically Hyde would be the one who would say, nah, man, you should, you know, you know, be a free thinker, go, you know, 
do what you want. And then Kelso would probably be like, yeah, you should do that. He would be the kind of one to second the rebellious notion. Right. Yeah. No, Hyde is the the anti-establishment stoner of the right. group. Uh, well, I mean, not, I mean, yes, he is. Stoner, yeah. but not, that's not like not as much as like uh, the character Leo. Um, yeah. Played by Tommy Chong, which is why they got him for the show. Yeah. I mean, for that, like that's that's pretty good casting. I, I can't yeah. argue with that. Um, no, I, I think the the show does a good job of like quickly introducing the characters and like, OK, this is the you know the dumb one this is the um you know the the anti-establishment rebel one like this is the the nerdy one so like i appreciate that as much as that can be a little reductive to just kind of give your characters one um you know like jackie's the the spoiled uh rich girl Mm -hmm, uh, or like kind of the the bratty of them Mm -hmm. i will say the my probably my biggest problem with the show Mm -hmm. um is the character of Fez. Yeah. Um, Which I'm not surprised with at all. Yeah. Um, Because really, and maybe this is not surprising, like looking at this coming out in the the late 90s, it's it's pretty offensive, I'd say. Um, Yeah. Okay, let's poke fun at him because he's the foreign exchange student. Like, let's give him like this strange accent and like kind of like all of these not just like fish out of water, like, but uh-huh. actively like making fun of like how, um, like silly he is, and like, yeah. And that, for me, it reminds me of another show that we did watch around this time, um, and that was uh, Ed and Eddie with the character yeah. of of Rolf, um, who was similarly portrayed as like. Oh, isn't this funny? Uh-huh. Like this character so uh, goofy because they come from a different culture that we're not gonna ever like specifically tell you what that culture is. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's you know to avoid directly offending one particular group or because that doesn't matter. We're just making fun of all foreign people. Right. Like it's it's. I, I'd say it it was it's worse in this than it is in Edinetti. Yeah, um, I, I will. S- I want to give them at least a little bit of credit because if you look at the landscape on television at this time, you had lots of shows that had all white casts. Like if you mm-hmm. look at the other shows that are really popular at the time, like Friends or uh, Seinfeld or Just Shoot Me, which is just mm-hmm. another 90s. Like there, there, there was a very you know large group of shows that had all white casts. So they at least, you know tried a little bit you know with having fez in the mix but i do agree that um i they could have done a lot better i mean i i do think that ultimately it it, it did help wilmer vandorama you know become you know a star and you i think has launched him on to better things in like ncis but yeah, that was another one that was shocking of like, you know, we right. talk about like Topher Grace going to, to become Venom. Yeah, seeing Fez become an NCIS agent was yeah. strange. And he's and he's and he's good on there. Yeah. So sh- we should mention though, he's another one with a bit of a uh, okay. uh checkered history. Okay. Um, so but, I would say, but besides so yeah, this show is already it, it definitely is a, a 
it is a, definitely a product of this time in in some aspects. Um, what do you think? Um, so I, I, my problem with this pilot is just I don't know. Some of it was just not very funny. The whole bit where Eric has to imagine all the parents talking to each other was painful to go through. <laughs> that 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 was pretty bad. Yes, that was very low hanging fruit. Like like what's something silly? Oh, if we just like make funny voices over the the parent yeah. characters and then have them dance at the end because yeah. why not? Uh yeah, that was that was pretty painful. Um I think the strongest um aspect of this um episode and, and maybe what I thought at the time was funniest and maybe still do think it's funniest is like the interaction between uh Eric and his parents. Yeah. Um I think that I don't know the the it, it's it's kind of a one note uh in this episode but I think Cartwood Smith does such a wonderful job as mm-hmm. this like really like uh you know curmudgeonly mm-hmm. uh you know middle-aged parent who's like always like on his son's case um I I think he he just does a wonderful job with it mm-hmm. uh, and like I the, the show I think does go into give him some more material later on like later in the first season um you see him i think lose his job um mm-hmm. and so there's some different dynamics with that um you also see him be uh somewhat racist talking yeah. about his uh uh toyota yeah. um since it sounds like he served in world war ii so it's they they but, do but get... I, I, yeah th- sorry not to st- step on you but i think that also uh, it does reflect a little bit at the time how people were feeling in terms of you don't want to get a foreign car because that was still a relatively new thing to get a a foreign made car in the 70s like even um i don't know if it was nissan or another car manufacturer when they uh when they were having their cars, they actually called them, uh, they called them Dodsons. That was a different brand name to, mm. I guess, make, I don't know, fool people into thinking it wasn't a foreign made car. Right. Because you want to, you know, support American industry. Yeah. Especially during a time where, like, like they mentioned in this with the gas crisis, the economy was stalling like pretty heavily at this point. Right. Yeah, no, I think it, it it makes sense. Like, and I do think it it's it's appropriate for the the time setting. Yeah. Um, but so no, I I don't want to you know yeah go too much into that. But like, I I think overall, like Kurtwood Smith, I think is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, Deborah Jo Rupp is is yeah. delightful. Um, mm-hmm. she's delightful in everything. I don't know too much of her work, yeah. but. I know when she was in WandaVision, I was like, good, this show just got better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it I mean, it's it's somewhat one note, um yeah. like in this and in um WandaVision, uh, except when we see that she's been, you know, uh manipulated the entire time by Wanda. Yeah. Um, spoiler. Um but I think she does it so well, like the kind of bubbly uh housewife mm-hmm. who 
I don't know, is is not quite, uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to say, like, she, she's not, I don't want to say, like, ditzy, because I, I think that's insulting. And, and I say that's more true of the uh, the neighbor characters. Yeah. Um, but, like, she's definitely not as, like, serious as, yeah. as Red is. Mm-hmm. Right. It, and like I mentioned before, they they do have a daughter who doesn't really appear. She doesn't appear in this episode. And she is sort of, uh, I don't know, she is sort of more of like the evil sister a little bit. That she kind of like will manipulate Eric in some ways, I feel like. Yes. Yeah. So she um, was... Um reoccurring in season one so she wasn't in it much yeah and then she was in it um as a as a full cast member for season two and three and then uh actually you know was written off the show um and then returned briefly and was then recast yeah so but i'm assuming that like she was off at college or something i don't know what their explanation was for for this um well the the originally like the first season is we find out that she flunks out of college and that's why she's back um there um yeah i'm not sure how they wrote her off um Mm -hmm. oh they uh, eventually they say that she moved to canada Mm -hmm. uh so just kind of right whatever (laughs) so all right it's um I don't know. She definitely does feel that like the evil sister archetype, um, which is, I think, for a lot of sitcoms and, and shows like, I don't know, it reminds me of um, another show uh, that I think we briefly talked about in our um, SNCC episode, uh, Clarissa Explains It All, like her like kind of evil little brother. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Similar to e- the evil sibling right right so it's 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 a similar concept it's it's not new mm-hmm. um so uh d- did it bo- bother you with this episode that it had a laugh track or i mean are, are you so like so far removed from that now that it feels weird to go back to a a show like this um I don't know, like I feel like when you watch a sitcom like this, it's just kind of like part of the uh-huh. the background, you know. It's just like it just it's it's something you kind of get used to, right? Um, For me, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I'll just say I say if you come out of it though, then it becomes very irritating. Uh, yeah. W- what about you? Well, I just I think it very much is period accurate. If I mean, this isn't necessarily supposed to be exactly the kind of show that they would have had on this at the 70s though the title kind of seems to imply that um uh but the fact that it is a you know multi-cam sitcom with a laugh track was by far the norm Mm. even though they're they do do some stuff with some handheld you know single camera stuff Mm -hmm. uh which is i don't know it feels actually for the time is i guess was kind of experimental i know that seinfeld did some stuff like that too uh but that's more because like all the stuff that they actually did out on the street was like really on the street of new york 
this is all clearly on a set. <laughs> right. Um, I am curious, like, um, they did like an HD, uh, I guess, remaster of this where they, uh, you get more picture and it's in high definition. I feel like at that point, you might start to see the artificialness of it a little more and it might sort of, I don't know, I don't take you out of the experience a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how much that would work. Right. Um, which I, I don't know. It sounds like with the, the new uh, that's 90s show, uh, which is a uh, continuation of this show, you know, they they're still doing the multi-camera uh, setup with the, with a laugh track similar to how they did that for the fuller house when they brought that back uh, as right. for the sequel full house. Um, so I don't know. I have not seen that, uh, but I do know it got, you know, renewed for a second season. So, I mean, that, that's good for them. Um, I was shocked to be honest. Oh, I but like, that it got renewed. I, I thought it was going to get terrible ratings. I thought that reviews are going to be awful and it was just going to slowly fade away to the, you know, uh, the abyss, the abyss of the the Netflix catalog. If they didn't just you know write it off as a tax heap, which or right. a tax cut, um, or a tax loss, whatever. Um, but no, it actually got decent reviews when I checked. It had like I think in the sixties or seventy percentages in, in Rotten mm -hmm. Tomatoes, which is not like stellar, but it's much better than I was expecting. Um, and yeah, you know, enough people watch it that they decided based right. on whatever their mystery metrics are that they don't share with people. Right. Um, that they need another season. It was very much. People they look at people who watch this show and they want something that is familiar. You had two hundred episodes of this show, but we sense you still want more, so we'll give you more. Right, and and that's really what most of the reviews I I know said. It's like it's like it's like it's a fair continuation. Like it's mm -hmm. it's kind of what left off. Um. Although it I, it seems very much like a case of like, and we're just going to ignore that last season of. Oh, okay. That. Yeah. Which do you remember seeing any of that, that final uh, eighth season where um, Topher Grace left because he just wanted to pursue his career more and Ashton Kutcher also um, was uh, left after a few episodes. Uh, I remember seeing one or two episodes and I just, remember that i remember talking to one of our friends and he was saying that eric was like never was a funny character but like most people would usually not say that he was their favorite character but then when he left that made people realize how much he was the glue to the show yes so uh yeah and then like they brought on this like new guy who like everybody hated <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that it is weird because I mean, Eric was not definitely the funniest character. He was not like the um, the most memorable necessarily, but yeah, he was the glue of the show. And so yeah, when he left, I didn't watch too many episodes of the A season, but I remember watching a few and thinking, "Wow, this is painful." Now um, there's also with some weird things like Jack, not Jackie, uh, 
Donna like dyed her hair for some reason, or <laughs> I don't know. That's yeah. What, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, but they yeah replaced Eric essentially with um, uh, actor Josh Myers, uh, younger mm-hmm. brother Seth Myers, oh. um, who they I don't know. He like he he was kind of filling in the same role as Eric, but I don't know. It it it, it didn't work um, from what I remember, and I mean, there's a reason why. It, it didn't go on after an eighth right. season. But um, it worked better than the short-lived spinoff, That 80s Show. Do, do you know that's a thing? Oh, gosh, I forgot about that. Which we, I certainly never saw, was shocked that it even existed. But, like, after, like, the fourth season, they aired that 70s show for, like, 13 episodes. It got canceled, which, mm. suppose like, completely different cast mm. supposedly no connection and yeah they're like we could just do all the decades so that's why they they didn't just go to that 80s show besides the fact that they they couldn't you know stretch it you know in, in terms of the you know actual real life timeline right uh Oof. so i i can't wait until you know they do that that 20s show when no gosh they don't don't give them ideas they will they did do on i believe on robot chicken there was a sketch where they did a that uh that aughts show for a sketch and they they got at least a couple of the actors because topher grace actually did do his voice Mm. that's not they're all like using like phones and stuff like that like cell phones that sounds like a robot chicken bit yeah which is a weird sentence to say um out loud uh yeah like i don't know i i i don't think looking back like this is a show i i feel like i need to revisit like right. I, I know it's it's currently streaming on peacock i believe yeah um i'm not like rushing to like go mm-hmm. and like binge the series if it i don't know if i was watching tv and there's rear and on like I, i'd probably watch mm-hmm. it but yeah, I, I'm definitely not, you know, in any rush to watch that 90s show either. Right. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it, I would probably watch again, would probably watch this if it was on a rerun. Because um, I, I feel like there is a lot of the series that I didn't see. I think there are some notable like episodes. Um, uh there's one episode where uh like Donna thinks that Eric is cheating on her cuz they find uh women's underwear in his uh his car and then it turns out that her parents were were hooking up in Eric's car mm. and then they think that is wait are you hooking up with uh Donna's mom <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah i i vaguely remember that i think i saw that episode um yeah there there are other episodes the like you mentioned before there were star wars jokes uh which is it's funny that they kind of shot themselves in the foot by setting this first season in 76 so it you know progresses to 1980 because the creator wanted to get to star wars as quickly as possible but then didn't realize how long the show was going to be going on for. <laughs> so they ended up like 
by doing like like actual calendar years, like had like multiple Christmases for like certain years. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, you... yeah, yeah. Like I said, there, um, I specifically remember there's an an episode where Eric is trying to teach his dad all the different characters. He's showing them action figures. Yes, yes, I do remember that, and 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 did like that. Um, yeah, and, and once again, I think that's one of the things that makes Eric, you know, a mm-hmm. more relatable character, even if he's not, you know, a standout. Right. Uh, there also is an episode that you mentioned where his dad lost his job. There's an episode. So like his dad loses his job at the factory or wherever. And Eric gets a job at the supermarket. Hmm. And then Red decides to. Uh, uh, man, I'm going to push this because I don't remember exact context, but Are like. Good? he uh decides to uh like apply for the manager job or whatever mm. and then like for some reason to like spite eric he decides to fire him and then like eric has to stand up for himself mm. yeah i i get i i wish i could remember the exact context it it worked in the episode yeah no i i think i remember the episode talking about um but it's it's hard. I mean, once again, this is a show that we watched very infrequently, yeah, um, a very long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of uh, the uh, the the moving backgrounds while while Eric was? Oh, I thought yeah. that was fun. I yeah. I like that, and I I think another moment you mentioned with the handheld camera was. Um, at the beginning when he's sneaking through yeah. the, his parents' party trying to get beer for his friends. Yeah. Um, I thought that was was clever. I I, I wasn't necessarily expecting him to go in that route. Mm-hmm. And I think it worked. I, I think they went a little experimental. I, I'd be curious to see if they did anything like that I think that on. was a, Yeah, I think they did, but I don't think it was every episode. Yeah. Um, I was less a fan of like the uh transitions of, i like, was gonna say yeah why are they like on helium and <laughs> yeah the transitions definitely got better usually it was just like them dancing in front of a background they're more simplistic this they had like farrah fawcett poster like singing singing led like, zeppelin <laughs> yeah it's just like no nah, this is a little a little too weird even the intro in the first season was not as um, whatever song they were using mm. was not the same version they used later on. Yeah. No. And to be fair, like this was the pilot. You expect some of that to happen with, you know, mm-hmm. the original uh, episode and, you know, assume that as they go, like they'll start gaining steam and, and figure out how to do things. But mm-hmm. it, uh, yeah, those parts were kind of painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, is there anything else about this show? I mean, for me, it is it is weird because I do think that this show does such a good job presenting itself as something 70s that it's like, yeah, it was on in like the 2000s. It's like, yeah, but it still it feels like a 70s show. And like, uh, like our mom, like 
once she says like yeah that's that's what the 70s were like it's just like <laughs> i think it, it really does capture the decade really well even though yeah. eric and his friends apparently don't like disco which you know i guess not everybody <laughs> did yeah i i mean ha having not been alive for the 70s i don't want to speak too much on the uh the veracity of what's what's going on here mm -hmm. that's not the right word veracity. i think it is maybe okay sorry i was just thinking like a velociraptor all of a sudden it's like that's not what i'm going for here um yeah so i i think if we're looking at like the kind of legacy of it of sorts it's like it i appreciate that it went for a like a, a period sitcom piece and it didn't feel the need to like go too far back like it went far enough back that like okay we're going to make references that people will understand and we can poke fun at some of like the different um political dynamics or yeah. some of the uh social issues of the time um so I, i'm not um surprised that i think there's been more shows like this um not so much like with the same like tone or the same mm -hmm. kind of feel but like going to um more recent decades and like trying to like really say like hey like we're gonna try to show you some of what was like going on that not just like a this is a present day you know mm -hmm. show um so i i think that's a you know a big um kind of legacy of it i mean the other one's just that you know my lacunas and Ashley Kutcher are still married. So. Yeah. Um, Although yeah. they did not get married while the show was on. No. Uh, so, uh, Josh, I want to, you know, thank you for this, you know, this journey back into the 70s. You know, we briefly went back into the 70s when we talked about a match game, which they probably, they should, maybe there's an episode where they watch match game. There probably is. I, I imagine there is. Uh so are you are you working on anything? I you think you said you're working on a uh cast potato column? I I was the um it kind of got a, a wrench thrown in it by the way uh, oh, okay. something ended. So I, I may need to rework that. I'm I'm still thinking about that. So mm -hmm. we'll see. I, I definitely want to get another one of those out soon. Um but people can definitely find me on the TV break podcast, um, where every month we talk about the ins and outs of TV. I'm joined by our editor chief Bill and our podcast editor Alex. Um, we just recorded last night, and uh, it was a really fun episode. Um, had a lot of fun talking about some anime that uh, they did not believe was real, but it very much is. <laughs> okay. Um, and <laughs> moments where both Alex and Bill lost their cool, which is always uh, entertaining. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, talked about the new uh, Paramount Plus show. Uh, Special Ops Linus, uh, which is a show that exists. A show that exists. Okay. Um, do you have anything that you're working on, Aaron? Uh, right now, I'm just working on our podcasts. Um, I am supposed to guest star on some other people's podcasts, so just keep a you know an ear out for that. Um, I'm on X, not Twitter oh X. Aaron Sarnecki, uh, where I'm, new, I'm mostly talking about movies, uh, so you can check me out. Um, and uh, yeah, so thanks once again, Josh, for talking about that 70s show.
yeah no no thank you for for joining me on this ride back in time and uh for all of you listening thank you for coming along with us hope you'll be back next time and until then remember stay groovy